Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Welcome in to 11 Personnel, episode 97. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. We are approaching episode 100 in the offseason, and I think the way we're timing this out, we'll probably get episode 100 right around camp. I guess it won't take It'd probably be closer to media days. Even, nevertheless, we're getting close, Luckett. We're almost there. The, if we the, keep, Yeah, if we keep going every week episode 100 would be the week of june 21st right when i'm going on vacation so So if we pushed it after your vacation then we'd be looking at fourth of july week week maybe maybe we can do something special we can get some guests or something like that you know to try to beef it up maybe make it a little bit evergreen or something like that we'll figure something out but nevertheless we're rocking we're rolling there's much to discuss Month of June, like it, the recruiting floodgates have opened. The dead period is dead. D-E-D, dead. See you later. Stupid, no good for nothing visiting recruiting. You just we spelled, made it. Did you just spell dead, D-E-D? That's how you spell it, like it. Oh, okay. It's a joke, yeah. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very good, uh, mature humor there. But yeah, I, I, I have to say on this, the, the, the dead period, um, like it did kind of catch me by surprise just of like, hey, like this next month is going to be bonkers for them just with all trying to pack in a, pretty much a three months, four months full of work kind of in one month here before the season gets going. Yeah, it's circuit. it's it's a little uh, weird too, and how uneventful it's been. So, yeah, from Kentucky side for sure. Well, in in, I mean, I I think part of it was that it ended on the day after Memorial Day, so you aren't gonna a lot of kids they they're on vacation and stuff still, you know. So you're not gonna try to get them on campus right away. I know Ohio State had a couple of their commits on campus on day one, just as kind of a flex. Florida State, I, I, I'll give yeah, uh, I'll give Norvell they, credit. That was kind of cool. They did a, a midnight madness. Of yeah, sorts it was. Like it. it was a throwback was a to old school basketball days. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good idea when I saw that. Yeah, and the the way I mean, kind of having everybody standing outside by a Bobby Bowden statue before. All right, now you can come in. Like that's just kind of. It makes it feel a little more special if you're a part of that, you know? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I think Kentucky, like, I know Clemson had had media at the camp today. Ohio State had media at their camp today, had big events. I know Kentucky, they're having a big one on Sunday. But mm-hmm. more so for this summer, it's not really about the 2022 class. Obviously, they're trying to close strong on that class, but this a lot of this is – getting your evaluations for 23 and 24. Oh yeah. Because they haven't really had those kids on campus at all. Last summer, they would, they would have had those kids on campus Mm -hmm. in a usual year. Whereas these 2022 kids, they've had most of these guys on campus. So they had a, they had a probably a a good amount of names on the board before the pandemic even struck for the 2022 class. Right, right, right. So, so these camps are, it's a lot about getting the evaluations done for, um, these, these future guys. And now, uh, as Zach reported earlier this week, Michael Williams is going to come at some point this month for a visit. Mm-hmm. So that's the big name I think everybody's kind of paying attention to at the moment. Right, but, right. But, but for for most cases, this, this week, these next two weeks, is really about 23, 24 um, classes. Yeah, and I, I forget if it was Summerall or if it was Stoops, but – they talked about, I mean, of all of the things they missed, this evaluation portion of it was the biggest. So I, I yeah, guess they, they're just it, watching huddle like us. Right, right, right. So you kind of think of it in twofold. 
on one hand, you have your upcoming class. So with that addition of Michael Williams coming to campus at the end of the month, I believe Travion Longmire's that weekend. That feels like they're going to try to get all the big dogs on campus that weekend. Your committed guys. Dan Key would probably be that same weekend, I would imagine. Yeah, Keontae Goodwin, you know. Uh, I would imagine, like you said, that's going to be there. All right, let's kind of get everybody together to kind of galvanize relationships. And you're not locking up your class, but that goes a long way into solidifying uh, what you've already started. And then, uh, like you said, the 23 guys, uh, I mean, are – Right up there, there's one guy, AJ Hoffler, that I believe is coming in this weekend, who's a four star edge. Um, there's uh, another guy who's actually has been to campus, and I actually remember him as a true freshman. I mean, he was that good, Keldrick Falk, who's a DMV kid, who's one of those edge guys that White's been working on for quite some time. So, you, yeah. you have some yeah. guys like that. And, and, Maybe you saw them a little bit, and now you're ready to see how they develop and kind of cultivate that relationship. What happens at this time usually is the bus tours. Like kids will get on buses mm-hmm. um, with their high school or um, guys in their region, and they'll just, you know, drop stop at a bunch of places um, throughout a week or whatnot. And that's really what this is about. And then when the season comes, that will, that's when you'll get, I guess, more specific about the guys you're getting on campus. Right now, it's just. Really, it's about evaluations, getting these guys to work out for you to see if you want to offer them or whatnot. Now, to put what we're saying, which is kind of abstract uh, concepts of what we're talking about, to put it into simple dollars and cents. The last time they held these camps, their big Friday night camp, Drew Phillips was there. He was a UK commit. Jordan Watkins was on the other side and Josh Meekins was there two kids from Louisville Mm -hmm. and I don't recall if Watkins was committed if he had an offer at the time I don't I I think it came right after that I'm pretty sure yeah I think he committed right after that so essentially they bring in Phillips and of course you know some of the like Bo Allen was there hanging out they've got some other John Young was there um and I think that's whenever they got a commitment from that Torrance Davis kid as well that weekend Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, him and McLean popped around the same time that summer, I remember. And I think yeah. McLean was maybe at one of those camps. They were kind of fast and furious, too. And Derek Jackson was one of, during the week, which was right. odd, because you usually don't get the kind of big kids uh, that are actually being recruited during the week. But on that Friday night, they essentially had Drew Phillips going up against Watkins, against Minkins, or having Minkins go up against Watkins the entire night. And they had Allen throw into him. They're like, all right, well, let's see if these kids, we've seen it on film, they're okay, but how good are they against guys like, we know Phillips is an SEC caliber athlete. How do they stack up to him? And Watkins had enough. Minkins did not. Minkins did not get an offer. Uh, Watkins did. He committed, then decommitted, and it's been kind of a thing. But Watkins at least showed at that camp that he's got it. Minkins did not. Now they're both at Louisville. But you, that, that's kind of in the most – I don't think we're going to get an instance of that this year, Luckett, where there's uh, – especially in 2022. But that's kind of what's on the line because aside from flying a helicopter to watch Damian Harris go play, you don't really get to see these kids in person. And how many, we, we can watch all the huddle we want. You can't really truly judge their, their speed, their burst. And, and and even their size on film until you, you kind of see it in person. More so than anything, you get to see them against peers. A lot of time in high school, they're not really playing against athletic peers. So you get to see guys, um, similar shapes, sizes, speed, talent level, and to see how, how they do, especially in a competition phase. Obviously, some positions are easier than others and all this. Right, you know, right. You know, especially, trench play is not the same. Especially the offense and defensive line. Right. Jeff Schwartz retweets one of those just terrible rivals have put out a highlight video of an offensive lineman just tackling a guy. And right. Jeff Schwartz will just tear him apart. Right. <laughs> it's gonna happen once. Well, a I know week. and those drills too, you go one on one, but if you're an interior defensive lineman, 
You're never one on one. You know, I mean, <laughs> you're never really one on one. You're gonna have to. You're bumping into somebody, or you know, what I'm saying. So like those drills are very can be very, and they're unrealistic. And I, I believe they're tilted to the defense too. Mm-hmm. Um, just like it's, a, it's obvious pass rush situation, they're letting them each everybody go one on one in space. Um, that's not the time for I, can, I think for that argument. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just a chance to you for you to get to see them and heights and weights, and you get times on them. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. Uh, to see if a guy who is he really six two, you know all that. How, what what's he his weight? Is he really two eighty five or is he up to three thirty? Right, right. Is he all is that he stuff? Lazy, and you get to see how they you know? right and how they jive with oh people in your organization. There's certainly an aspect of let's run this guy through the drills and see if he thinks he's Joan Broadway Joe Namath out there too cool for school or is this a dude who wants to get to work and to, to continue to use my Drew Phillips example dude was just like in a wife beater not I mean just cool calm cool I mean didn't even say a word was just piercing his eyes through his opponent's soul the entire time it's like all right this guy you know he's kind of got it and it'll be different in different cases I remember uh you know there was one of those groups from Florida this kid was, I, I have no idea where he ended up. He, he had some offers, but he was talking so much trash to John Young on behalf of a guy that played with him. And this kid's just over there in like his sliders because he was way too cool to, he he was too good for the camp, even though like you're not getting an offer from SEC. It's kind of funny to see all this stuff works like it. And I'm not sure, have you, have you attended one of these camps before? Would this be your first time? I have time? not. Yes. Uh, Sunday, so, June 6th will be my first time at an, recruiting camp per se as a as a heads up to all of you all uh the plan is to record sunday night drop some information monday morning on the podcast but listener beware we might not get anything yeah the the the, the, so the as much as people hate on aau everything's kind of gone that route and how people were exposed to college athletics at least in the AAU route you get names you get numbers you get teams you get to talk to them so we cannot speak to any recruits on campus in any official capacity those are against the rules uh we don't even we're going to be playing the guess who it is game yeah who's that over Mm -hmm. there you kind of google looking for faces for some kid from ohio it's it can be a real can be a real mess so you, you never know what you're going to get uh but hey, it's fun. It's something new. We haven't done this in a long time. And hell, I just like going. I was at one of those basketball camps this week. It's just kind of fun to be there. It'd just be fun to get out or anything, right? So that's kind of the plan. What could you have any? Is there anything in particular you're looking forward to? I would say to see maybe some of the new coaches actually get out there and coach a little bit because we really haven't seen them at all. So maybe see some instruction, how they mm-hmm. do stuff. Oh, Wolford. I mean, yeah. Or, oh, Wolf. I'm sure he's just getting after it. Uh, Javon Bonite. What? What's his deal? I've spoken to him once when he got hired. That's it. Right. No idea. And then we could have a new uh, secondaries coach by then too, by the name of Chris Collins. Mm-hmm. If they if they'll announce it, I mean we're. We thought it would happen. What we say before Memorial Day, I think that was our stance, our line in the sand. That, that know, was our Wednesday our, after. Yeah, yeah. The Wednesday after seemed, you know, uh, I would think that you would just want to get it over with before camps because the coaches are going to be busy. You don't want yeah. to have them take you know an hour out of their day to do media junk, you know. Just, yeah, or they could, I, yeah, I, don't, I mean, or yeah, I don't know, or they could I, drop it and not. Who knows? I, I mean, I don't know. Let it go with the win. But Chris Collins, Bruce Feldman reported that he's a front runner for the job, a.k.a. it's nothing. Just all we're waiting for is the fat lady to sing. And as we talked about previously, this was a poorly timed kind of deal where your, your pool of candidates is incredibly limited. Stoops had a connection to a guy that's now with the Rams. And that fell through. They interviewed another round of candidates. And Collins sounds like the man for the job. He's an up-and-comer. He's only been coaching about six years. So he's probably, what, 30? 
Yeah, I think about 33 or so, 33, 34. Yeah, he's, he's a young guy. He graduated from college in 2010. Okay, um, yeah. So that would put him old six graduating high school class. So that would make him a year older than me. So you're looking at 33, 34. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Unless he so, was a super senior. Oh, well, you know. You never know. Been, been there, done that. But uh, he, he started – so he went to college at Western Carolina. Mm-hmm. I forget his stop in between, but that was – his app state i believe he was ga yeah goes I to West- he, right he was he was a he graduates from western carolina becomes a student assistant in 2010 um and then was like a defensive assistant in 2011 2012 so i guess kind of like a off-field role and then he went to catawba college which is a d2 school for two years 13 14 and then he landed that graduate assistant job um you were late to in 2015 at app state and then Western Carolina and then mm-hmm. Georgia State, where he started as just the DB's coach. He's been the recruiting coordinator for the last three years. He didn't technically get their highest rated recruiting class ever, but got a, a high average star rating. He's recruited in the state of Georgia that Kentucky's hit hard recently. And uh, he, he pulled some kids from Carolina and Florida as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Georgia State job, it's kind of like a job. They upgraded facilities. They took over Turner Field, the old Brave Stadium, and made it a football stadium. It looks kind of cool if you want to Google Georgia State Turner Field. They have the Waffle House there. I'm I'm sure as a concession stand. I hope they do. You can't can't advertise building a Waffle House at Turner Field and just abandon it because the Braves left. You can still serve waffles on Saturdays in the fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't see why not. So Collins, so they haven't really like the cell would be like, oh, you're in Metro Atlanta. Go, you should be able to recruit Atlanta for some guys. But they really haven't had a ton of success in Atlanta. They've really gotten into South Florida and the Carolinas. Um, Their head coach was South Carolina's offensive line coach. Um, So they always had connections there. But Collins was one of their best recruiters. He's got 22 commitments as a Georgia state assistant everywhere from the Carolinas to Miami area, Metro Atlanta. And these are all, I think areas Kentucky has dabbled in, in the past, obviously. Now we'll see how without a ton of success, right? We'll see how the plan will be for him. You have to think they want somebody in Nashville for for sure. Because that seems like a a new focus at right. It seems like a new Mm -hmm. focus area. And then Detroit, I, I mean, I don't know if they're willing to succeed there's a seed that area right now to just, you know, throw that, throw, just throw, wave the white towel. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they'll do with him. He, now this, this flexibility, I think he's shown on the recruiting trail, being able to get in different areas that may be a place where they can, Hey, we'll just throw him in Nashville and let him, you know, work a year or so and build some, some relationships and all that. But he's never, he's never been at this level. So you just, you just don't know. Nope. He never played at this level. He's never coached at this level. Um, so we'll see. Uh, like Feldman said, he said he was pretty impressive in the interview process. I'm assuming that meant like he probably blew Kentucky away um, when they met with him face to face. Yeah, and in the thing too, like it. I mean, I want to have some sort of take right now. Collins, great hire. Bad, I can't. Yeah, I just, <laughs> you, because. I mean, Stoops has know. a pretty yeah. good track record of young guys, but like this young Georgia State assistant kind of comes from out of nowhere. And I mean, they've been good in the fun belt. They're two and one bowl game since he's been there. They beat Western in both postseason appearances, which is right. uh, ah, poor tops, poor tops. But I, I don't, I mean, what can I? Culturally, Georgia State and Kentucky, I think, have some similarities. They're both places that don't have a lot of traditional success, um, but with the right recruiting plan, you can get talent there. They, The administration invested in a hire, a first-time head coach, invested in facilities, and they're, they're winning from the inside out. They've built, built it from the inside out, run a 3-4 on defense similar to Kentucky. So I think just kind of – how they operate and go about their business, I think will be similar. I think he probably fits in well with that. So really that, and I think the recruiting flexibility, but yeah, you don't know. You just never been at this level. Uh, you know, they was a tough time to hire an assistant coach. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. I mean, and we'll see how it goes. He is young. So 
and he is coaching for a guy who was one of the best defensive back coaches in the country. But so, I think I think if there's two things that I'm like, well, this can't be bad because a you don't have to spend a lot of money, and b I trust Stoops in the secondary. So you can save yeah. that money for elsewhere when you're giving out raises right. next year or whatever it may yeah. be. But you're uh, I would think you're really investing, especially after you just promoted Buffano who I think uh, you probably were dependent on to be more coach than recruiter there in the secondary. I would imagine you're pretty invested in this new hires recruiting potential. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what you were looking for um, mostly. And so we'll see, I mean, to get promoted to recruiting coordinator that fast at that young of an age, I think is probably a good sign. Right. And we'll just see, you know, you're stepping up in a, competition and different league and all, all that we'll see how that goes but he's got to be personable you know if if, if he's a recruiting coordinator then he apparently wows the guys in interviews yeah you so. would think so so yeah maybe he's a good enough personality to, to podcast maybe he can <laughs> hang out with us well hopefully we get a media session with him we still we still have not got boo night in a media session i think did we, we we didn't get yeah I guess we didn't he, he came on the radio show once but have not gotten Bo Knight in a media session so and who knows who, who knows what's happening there I do know though like it that we're only two weeks away from Father's Day no three weeks yeah I got a little bit ahead of myself because it's going to be Sunday camp Sunday camp with KSR in the building at Kroger Field two weeks from Sunday right then it's Father's Day. And the weather, it's it's warming up. It's terrible. <sighs> Whether it's, you know, you have a dad bod or a six-pack. Make sure your dad smelling nice and shade where it matters most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand-new Lawnmower 4.0 and Redefined Cologne is perfect for you and your dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Roush at manscaped.com. Guys, the heat, we all know that Luck and I, we're, we're football weather fans. It, it's going to oh, yeah. be nice and 50. You can stay cool. Now is not the time to be furry and sweaty and stinky. <laughs> Manscaped, the global leaders in below the waist grooming just dropped their lawnmower 4.0. The fourth generation trimmer features a cutting and ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their skin safe technology. In, in addition to that, they've also have the weed whacker, which the weed whacker, it's for nose and ear hair trimmer, and it's the best nose hair trimmer on the market. The perfect gift for your pops because when you get a little bit older, you start getting your hair popping up in weird places, the front Everywhere. of your nose, the outside of your ears. It's just, it's a mess. So cool down with Manscaped, the 4.0 lawnmower, the weed whacker, and try out their cologne too. It's, it's incredible. Make you smell great this Father's Day season. If the old man is smelling a little fucky, this cologne is a surefire way to change that and make him the talk of the summer. Man of the house deserve to smell like a king. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Roush at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Roush, R-O-U-S-H. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls this year. Show your original home some love with Manscaped. Now, this summer, it's as we said at the top of the podcast, like it, it's been eventful. Uh, surprisingly right now the college sports world is its head is spinning because coach k announced he's stepping down so we have two i don't know if roy is top five and wins he but two top 10 wins college basketball coaches from the same state announcing their intentions to retire within months of one another look at this is I, i don't think what's happening right now in college basketball where you know, Bayheim, he's going to be out of there as soon as his kids are done. Uh, you know, Patino's kind of hanging in there as long as he can. You haven't really seen this that often where the old guard in college football kind of leaves all at once. And I, I've tried to come up with some examples. Uh, and Woody Hayes, 
he was out just a few years before Bear Bride. Schimbecker lasted about 10 years. Punch the kid. Years. Yeah, yeah. He, he would have lasted long if he didn't punch that kid in the face. Uh, Joe Pa and Bowden were only a couple of years apart. And Trestle went out around that same time, too, as Joe Pa. Really? Really? Forced out, yeah. He was forced of- out, I believe, the year before that the scandal hit light um, for Tattoo Gate. Which was just really dumb. You know? Like 2010. What was Joe Paul? 2011 was his last year? Uh, yeah. 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 But to have this kind of vacuum of power at once is uh, shocking. And amid all of this, I mean, a lot of them, their sight and changes, you know, you've got the transfer portal, you've got Neil coming. Right. You, you know, I, I understand being in your mid to late 70s and you're like, eh, I just don't feel like dealing with this anymore, which leads me to Nick Saban. And this dude, it doesn't, I, I think that the NCAA could announce that now we're going to open up college athletics to 10 year olds and he would still find a way to win national championships. He yeah, does he's not showing, seem like he's slowing yeah, down at all. No signs of slowing down. Josh Pastner went in the ACC tournament, set off an unbelievable chain of events. <laughs> he wins the league. Roy just says, I'm out. Deuces. Chris Mack's friend, mentor, colleague, 30 years, tries to extort money out of him in the university, and Chris Mack records the conversation Jesus. Coach K uh, resigns. Or, is, you know, we're going to get the farewell year, which is going to be exhausting. Oh, God. And then I, there's, there was something else I found today I thought happened. But, yeah, he shout out to Pastner, man. Captain Chaos. ACC, it just means more. Yeah, or no, but, SEC but means more. The football one is interesting. Right now, the big one, you would say, is Saban. And I've kind of thought this in my head the last few months with all, like, the playoff talk and the fatigue and expansion, like, how much better would everybody be if he just hung up? Hung it up. Yeah, yeah. The thing that's different about football than basketball is basketball is so dominated by the head coach. Obviously, you have your blue bloods, but the, the personalities of the coaches really make it, whereas – in college football, of course, the, the coaches kind of steal the show. But there it really is more about the programs. Right. And the logos and the colors. You know, it, it it feels like it pops a little bit more. You also don't have guys just hanging around at the same spot for – I mean, Roy was there from 15. I mean, he's there 16 years. Kay's been right, there almost 20. 30. Uh, I mean, you saw Bob Stoops. He lasted what? Was that was that that was what twenty and that was just about yeah that was from ninety nine I believe till sixteen retir- yeah so seventeen eighteen whatever which that is, is a lifetime right <laughs> you you just you don't see that anymore so this kind of phenomenon that's happening in college basketball I don't know how the sport is going to weather it I I, I know that. It's just that right now, like we're at a point where college basketball has become a big event sport. It's NCAA tournament, it's Feast Week, it's Champions Classic, maybe Championship Week, and maybe maybe you get a good weekend out of it in February. But biggest strength is his biggest weakness. (laughs) The The tournament's awesome, but it it turns the rest of the season into just whatever you know for whatever for everybody. No one really dives into it until then. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Coaches are the star. I think the coaches are the stars in both sports. Um, They're just more roster turnover, I think, in basketball from a yearly basis. Like Alabama, you got to see Tua. Everybody talked about him as a true freshman. Then you got to see him for two seasons. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You you have built up for these players, and then they have Joe Burrow. You talked about him, all this big transfer for LSU. He's going to change things, and then boom, he has a big year. Justin Fields, obviously, Trevor Lawrence. You talk about them, but then you get to see them for a couple seasons. Yeah, and the the one thing too the 
<laughs> the vases are just a little bit shorter in college football and the margin of error is just thinner. Um, right. But, you know, uh, we don't need to get into it, but your your point about the tournament, it's kind of familiar to the playoff where it's like, don't don't put that playoff up that high on a pedestal yeah. or, or else you – because right now, college football, great regular season. We're less than 100 days away. And, uh, dude, Kirby Smart, that guy <sighs> – I king of talent accumulation, man. Uh it ticks me off, man. And first off, so so he he adds Eric Gilbert, the tight end from LSU, highest ranked tight end in yeah, most people, history. Recruiting people considered him the best tight end that they've ever handicapped or came out of high school in the internet era. Ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh he initially committed to Florida, correct? And then he's got some grades issues going, great issues going on. He no. just stopped going to class, I think, at LSU. Oh, good for him. So the, I don't know how they're going to figure that out. And so it looked like he was going to just stay at LSU for a while. And now he's going to Georgia. He's from Marietta, so Atlanta metro area. But yeah, I mean, we don't know about how that's going to work out. But in theory, you're less than 100 days away from the season. You just lose George Pickens, who was your top wide receiver. You could use another pass catching threat you go and get the highest ranked transfer by pretty much everybody except pro football focus who ranks cornerback darian kedrick am i saying that right yeah yeah adds him to the roster uh who another five star right yeah he was all acc at clemson now he did get kicked off clemson's team he was dismissed pretty sure so was he dismissed or yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he would. I'd have to look at the timeline. He was dismissed, and then he had an offseason arrest for a firearm possession. I think. Ooh, okay. See, and when you do the quick scanning too, you're a little bit more plugged in. Like they don't mention that in the quick articles about how good this guy is. But right, but him, never, I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, he was a legit cornerback. Yeah, they were talking about him being a potential first round draft pick. Um, but, you know, so he at least gets guys that they got some stuff to work with. But, man, that roster loaded. And the only thing that I can spin into a good thing like it is that it really feels like the heat is on Kirby to win it all this year. Yeah, that's what it's turning into. I, I had the same type of reaction yesterday. When you look at the roster, I broke it down like – I think it was seven five stars on defense and six five stars on offense that could play for them this year. That's crazy, and including plus a, quarterback a few on too. the bench, right? Yeah, I mean, and a proven quarterback, right? The no East, real staff turnover. He kept both coordinators. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of competition in the East because Florida is just not going to be that great this year, and everybody else is kind of playing second fiddle. And then Auburn's down, so you. Kind of got an easy cross-divisional foe. Don't have to place Alabama. Really, you just beat Clemson, and you could be sitting in that driver's seat as the top-ranked team in the country for the entire season. Right. And they've got that monkey on their back. What was it, 88? Not feel- 80. 80. It's been a long time. It has been. I'm pulling up their schedule right now, the opener against Clemson. But, yeah, I mean – the nine home games are Vanderbilt, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech. Feels like they're going to win all of those. You know, the schedule sets up pretty well for them. Like, it looks like a schedule you could run the table in the SEC for them. And they've, they've got the talent. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. But, yeah, it's definitely definitely pointing to, towards that, I feel like, that it's going to be national title or bust kind, kind of for them. It's going to be fun at media days. Yeah, because that's when we're really. Gonna I mean, they're gonna. It, you know, I'm trying to think when that AP poll pre. I think it comes out before media days. I want to say it comes out like middle of July. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I would assume they're gonna be preseason number one. They're gonna do one versus two. It's gonna be one them one Clemson two. Yeah, that yeah, game's gonna right. be one versus two. Be like that reminds me of that Anthony Davis North Carolina game where North Carolina had to go and get upset like two days before the game to ruin a preseason one versus two. Right. Right. I even forgot who they lost to, but they ruined it. Eat at North Carolina. Um, but enough Georgia talk. Elsewhere in the portal, 
Uh, you brought up a name that's worth keeping out. Old Mrs. Jacquez Jones. Mm-hmm. He tells a little bit about that, Mr. Jones. He, yeah, he was a freshman All-American. As a, he played as a true frost, 2018s from Tuscaloosa. Last two years, he had 70-plus tackles. Led the Rebels in tackles last season. I think he's played both Mike and Will there for their defense. Um, can play Mike. So he's got a lot of experience. He played for Summerall as a true freshman. Kind of did some digging on the PFF grades. They're not, like, super great. Obviously, Ole Miss defense was very bad last year. Um, but it looks like a thing after digging a little deeper. Lakia Henry came back for sixth season. They got another linebacker named Mo Sanogo, who I think was banged up last year. I mean, then they took a transfer from Maryland at linebacker. So it may be a numbers type thing. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for a new home officially. But from Kentucky's standpoint, if you want an inside linebacker, I don't think like how could you ask for anything better than this? As long as he, as long as Summerall Wants likes him. him, I would I would assume. Yeah. Well, and I I wouldn't. Lakia Henry was Summerall's biggest recruit ever. I think he actually was higher ranked than than Josiah Hayes, uh, not higher than Wallace, but. Uh, he helped get him to Ole Miss, but never coached him there. So that they could be a name too if he enters the portal. Maybe you get, even if you don't get Jones, you could end up getting one of those guys from Ole Miss. The question is, is are they? How, how willing are they to 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 take a guy? They have eighty six scholarships right now, by my count. Like what? What is the school? Like what? 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 I guess my my question is. What do they have room for? I guess, right. And, and if the, if they you know if they only have room for a couple more, what other positions they're looking at? But really, getting into this when I was starting digging deeper, like they have fourteen scholarship wide receivers on the roster. They don't, yeah, they don't need that many. <laughs> they have eleven total inside linebackers and outside linebackers combined. To me, that's really the issue right there. You just look at the roster or the scholarship distribution, and I understand why they had this many receivers on scholarship. Um, but that's a, that's something that's really let them down. That, that's just like that's way too many to have. I feel like you only have four scholarship tight ends. It, it just seems like they've invested way too heavily um, into the wide receiver position, and so you got a lot of those guys aren't even going to factor for you this season. No, and they're on now, scholarship. Now, granted, some of them underclassmen, you got to keep them around. But yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, there's like eight, I think like over half of them are either their first or second year in the program. You look at Cummings one, Sanders two, Drennan three, Magwood four, Crowdis five, Lewis six, Ross seven. So that's half, yeah, half are just from the last two recruiting classes. Plus, um, Wandell Robinson and um, the Michigan State transfer, Trayvon Morgan coming in. So that's nine right there that are just new additions within a calendar year. Then it comes to the point where, how do you get rid of it? You know, and one of those guys is hurt, Cleveland Thomas. I don't expect him to play this year. He blew his knee out. You <laughs> right. know, so it, you you really get put in a in a tough spot, and that's where the numbers crunch comes in. And the the players they're reporting to campus over the weekend. Workouts are set to begin on Monday. Uh, so if they aren't already there, they're going to get there this week and weekend. And I, you know, I, I would think if you were going to hop in the portal, you you wouldn't show up to summer workouts. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, what Mark Stoops told us too back in spring, can't remember who it was that transferred at the time in the middle of spring practice, but he pretty much said, you know, yeah, there's going to be more attrition. There's been some. Uh, so, Nick Lewis was one. Right. But but there hasn't – there really hasn't been that much. So, can't say the same about UK baseball. But there, no. there hasn't been as much as, as we expected. Uh so, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, I, only time will tell. They're not really going to come out and tell us, oh, yeah, we're <laughs> we're looking for this, this, and this. We'll just have to wait and see how it plays out. But, yeah, over the next month, really this stuff, these they have to happen in the next couple weeks. Like, it's June. Yeah. The team's back working out. If you're going to add a guy, it's got to happen pretty soon. Yeah. Because if not, you're just wasting your time. So, um, but as I said earlier, we are – down to probably like what 93 days or so give or take 94 days 94 until, counting today now 87 from week zero but the 94 Kentucky from football season begins we got kickoff times like it we did i love them oh i think I that's the too. perfect 
perfect first three weeks you could ask for. I would maybe prefer the 7 ESPN versus 730 SEC network, but I can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Mm-hmm. The the noon opener, love it. Absolutely yes. love it. Because there's a it's a great opening weekend slate, except for the like the noon's going to be the lighter games. Because the games are so spread out, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. and then some week zero pitched in there and then a lot of people playing fcs teams usually the best games are later that night so you would like noon it's like a, like you said it's a pretty light slate at noon get it yeah. out of the way and yeah then you can go and you can go you, and gorge on the rest of the buffet right 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 you get a solid main course you get some tailgate beers which we're going to be able to have because the stadium's going to be packed Get out of here, capacity restrictions. We're tailgating. We're going to the catwalk. We're getting fired up. And then once Kentucky takes Terry Bowden to town, just going to kind of hang out. There you go. go. Watch right. some more ball. I mean, it's going to it's gonna be a great opening weekend. And then the, the you get the big game, though, at the, the primetime spot. The Missouri game, you get that 730. Mm-hmm. You get the building atmosphere for that. I, I just think it's, it's, very, it's very convenient. Um, which, if you haven't checked out the three-game mini-packs, I know not all of the listeners are mm-hmm. you know, going to be able to fork over a ton of money to, to go watch every single game. But if you're just like, you know, I'll just make it to a couple. And besides, I might have a wedding or yeah. something else playing. The three-game mini-pack, you get the Missouri game, uh-huh. and then you get one of the stinky teams. So pick the, if you pick yeah. the opener, you get to show up for the opener. And then you've got you, – you choose between LSU, Florida, and Tennessee. Like, yeah, if and if you're not, if you're cool with having a different seat each game, my wife just purchased the. It's not they're calling it something different, not pocket pass this year, but something else, something similar uh-huh. to pocket pass, you know, flex pass thing or something. Yeah, yeah, it was like two hundred bucks for the season. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good deal for some good football. Yeah, and then even if you like miss a game, you're like, oh what, so what? It was right, twenty bucks burning a hole in my pocket, no big deal. Um, but man, the, the the tickets are available now, uh, and it and especially with the, I mean, some of those could be end up being tough tickets to come by <laughs> down the road. You know, I um, mean, just the LSU game is going to be crazy because they're going to travel in droves. Yes, there's no doubt Kingland. about that. Right. I mean, do you do you recall the last time they were here? Like it? Oh seven, first year got, of college. I got very mad at LSU fans because. I don't know if they booed during my old Kentucky home, but they did something to like try to upstage it. And it was like, who the hell are you? You know, they, they did their own right. thing. The one cool thing they did, they all brought um for when the Rockets red flare happens during the anthem, they had like little poppers that make the sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're a wild bunch. There's no doubt about it. They're gonna be everywhere when that game comes, I would imagine. And looking, I know. This is just a guess. Like that South Carolina road game has been that seven thirty game every year since like yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I think Joker was the last time. Joker Spurrier. But when you look at the slate that day, that looks like one of the lesser games. I wouldn't be surprised if that game gets like that four o'clock SEC network. Ooh. Window. So Man, something to keep in mind. It's always the worst announcing team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. And they put you on like Jefferson Pilot cameras that are, you know, reel to reel, shot in 20 millimeters. It's, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Game time, not bad, but man, what a terrible TV product. Absolutely terrible yeah. TV product. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. You did that. I don't want to hate on my guy, Matt Stinchcomb, man. <laughs> they do what they can. They do what they can. But yeah, I don't. I know a lot of people like that 334 window. I don't really. It's not my favorite. Just because it's. I would rather almost get. I would rather almost get up early because you got to get up early anyway for that game. I would rather almost get up early, go to the game. And then if you win, you can celebrate afterwards. You have all day to kind of celebrate it. Like the Tennessee game was fun because it would happen at noon. They won. And then it was kind of an all day celebration. Oh, the 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 original Tennessee game, the Matt Roark game. Well, that one, and then I'm just talking about last year's Tennessee game, just for an example. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of home games. Sorry. Right, sorry. yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I know what you're talking about. That was great. 
So, like, the 334 game, you got to get up early, but then the game's over. By the time you get home, you're tired. It's 9 o'clock. Kind of stuck in the middle of the day, where the night game is obviously the best because you can lead up into it all day. It's what you do all day, and then it's a night Well, game. I, I will say, though, there is something nice about an afternoon kickoff in that you get to have a pretty lengthy tailgate, and then if you win – you're not up till 1 a.m. partying to celebrate. You know, like the, the, like the part the, the you can go out afterwards and still not feel like death on Sunday. <laughs> you know, it just depends on what you're doing. But yeah, that's true. But uh, nevertheless, it's exciting. We got kickoff times. Uh, we got plans being made. We've got Vince Marrow talking. I mean, not so subtly subtweeting at Michigan uh, for offering Dan Key, which I love too. That Vince has. I love what, yeah. Like what, like he's supposed to not recruit him. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> that's the whole point of them hiring yeah. him is for them to recruit those guys. Right. That was so, that, that same stuff happened with Ansley when he was like at Alabama and stuff. But you know what though, I that, Vince has made it his. It, it kind of reminds me of Chris Oates, whereas I, I remember in that recruitment, he was just like, I'm going all in. Like, you're getting all of me. And that's kind of what he's done with Dan Key. Yeah, um, and he did he did subtweet Ohio State regarding um Lakota West offensive lineman, Tegra Shibola, I think is the name. Yes. He's committed they, to Ohio State, who came out and who talked to Dave Lackford and said he wanted to visit Kentucky. Um, and then Ohio State quickly put the squeeze on that. Yeah, they're like, you're not visiting there. Right. Or, or you're not coming here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Vince, he, I, I love the subtweet. I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of it over the next month. Uh, I know I know the key recruitment, I don't think it's going to be going anywhere anytime soon, but that's going to be one that gets fans very worked up very often. Because yeah, I, I'll be interested to see how that timeline progresses throughout the year. Because the thing is, if you're Kentucky, I don't, I don't know, know what's better. Well, it's like Burton recruitment. You can't. I don't think you want to ruffle the feathers. You're just going to kind of let him do what he wants to do. Yeah, and you also the thing about some of these other schools. So I know South Carolina is really hot and heavy with him, and you know, I, yeah, I don't think they're afraid of the other schools, right? I, I think I get what you're. Is that what you're trying to say? Well. Like the, I don't think they're afraid, but it's also South Carolina's kind of pitching the well. This is what we're going to be, but you like they're kind of pitching a future thing. Whereas Kentucky, they kind of have to do that as well, just because we right. haven't seen the offense yet. Right? You know. Uh, now, granted, I, I think if you're, you know, that's why I wouldn't be surprised to see Crowdus get a lot of reps against Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, if the South Carolina offense looks what I think it's going to look like this year. I wouldn't think you would have to worry about the key going. Kind of want it to play out exactly. So, like, I, I do think it's going to be a long process. Uh, I mean, this isn't me. I I, I try to. I have to pull up his list. I'm trying to think of who the other players are on there. I try to purposefully not ask Ron Lemon about this because I don't right. want you know old scoop scoop to d- deter me from just outside uh, looking in. Uh, but I do think that that one is going to kind of take a while to, to play out and that could uh, yeah, I agree for the best. I agree. So we'll see if Michigan gets involved, but I'm pulling it up now. His top team, he had a 10. So yeah, there were like, not a lot of teams on there. Arkansas, obviously their offense could be fun. I could see that. Who's their yeah. quarterback this year? Is Frank KJ Jefferson. No, KJ Jeff- Jefferson. Uh, he's KJ Jefferson. He was a four star. He played at the end of last year. He showed gotcha. some signs. Okay. But yeah, I mean, you have Oregon who's been – kind of flirting around Lexington for players lately. Uh, Purdue, obviously, has had some success, but not much recently. Virginia Tech could have a coaching change. Virginia, who I've been noticing a lot, Kentucky, and them being on some of the same lists for players. And then Michigan State, Mississippi State, maybe that offense. But, yeah, I just you just look at the competition and you feel like Kentucky should win out there. They shouldn't be losing – um, and then stay blue chip when they're having a lot of success to one of those schools. But, right, only time will tell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 
we'll see. This was fun. Like it is right now. We're kind of, if you couldn't tell, it's almost like we're not hesitant to give takes, but it's like, there's about to be a hurricane, you know, coming. An avalanche. Yeah. Of stuff. Yeah. I'm just, it feels like some commits are going to start popping here soon. Yeah. 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 Well, Whew, it's getting exciting like it. And hey, the next time we'll be we'll be able to muck it up. Or I should not muck it up. Yuck it up together. Uh, just look at some ball. I'm, I'm excited to see Wolf just be screaming at folks and running around. Cohen, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see see folks operate in person. Uh, and we'll be doing that this weekend. So keep your maybe ears we'll, over the- Maybe Will Levis will be hanging around or something. We can see him throw the football a little bit. Oh, just freaking blasting it i love too that after the levis story comes out turns out bo allen's working with that guy as well mm-hmm. love it give me all the biomechanics <laughs> and i did think shout out uh bb and tonight i know they reported or it was in their interview that he said he never really i think it was a coach that said in that uh, the biomechanics guy said you know he's never really worked with a quarterback coach before yeah yeah Bo. so like this is all kind of new to him and he's got a lot of i think area to grow into as a player so that was definitely interesting to, to hear um i think he's still got to get stronger i think anybody you talk to that's what they say about him but um i, I still think he's a guy that can contribute to, for kentucky down the road it's just he's got to uh, mature and grow into that body a little bit but i did think it was interesting that now you know he's getting with that quarterback coach so we could so let's see what it does for him well and that's why levis was kind of excited that development was kind of exciting because it was he's been doing this for a year you know, right. that's when you start to see the results. And in Allen's case, we don't need to see the results right away. So mm-hmm. yeah. exciting stuff. Well, June, we did it. We're here. We're in the thick of it. We're going to be in the thick of camps recruiting over the next couple of weeks. So should have some podcast dropping a little bit earlier than normal. Hopefully we'll have something exciting to share either way probably had chow down some wings at the case bar it's been too oh, yeah. long uh I, I need i need that brisket in my life seriously seriously and you need some manscaped in your life too remember to use the code roush r-o-u-s-h and at checkout 20 percent off and free shipping ahead of father's day we appreciate y'all for listening to this week's edition of live in personnel we'll be back before you know it until then remember go cats go Kroger.